Hello and welcome to this Friday Focus BursaCast episode. Today is going to be all about minibuses and school transport, specifically a course that the ISBA is going to be putting on alongside Beverly Bell Consulting to go into detail about the Section 19 permit and perhaps where schools are getting it wrong and how they can ensure they're getting it right. I'm joined today by Beverly Bell, and if you weren't familiar with her, she was appointed Traffic Commissioner for the Northwest of England in 2000, becoming the first female commissioner. She was also the Senior Traffic Commissioner for Great Britain between 2012 and 2017. She was awarded a CBE in the 2017 Queen's Birthday Honours List for Services to Road Safety and the Freight Industry. You could say she's passionate about road transport. Alongside all of her work on the road, as it were, which there is a long list of, but I shan't go into it right now, she was also a governor at Merchant Taylor's School in Crosby for a number of years and their chair between 2016 and 2020. So she has a really good understanding of how schools operate and the intricacies of getting things like transport right. So without any further chit chat from me, let's welcome Beverly onto the BursaCast. Beverly, thank you very much for joining me on the BursaCast today. I'm delighted to attend and thanks very much for inviting me. Now, we've we've been looking forward to having you on for a while, actually, because we've got, and for members of the ISBA, they'll be pleased to hear, I suspect, a course coming up to make sense of a lot of the transport issues, specifically around um, this Code 19, is it not? Yes, they're called Section 19 permits. Mm. Um, and if I can just expand on that for a moment, there's an Please awful do. lot of there's a lot of confusion around operating minibuses, particularly for schools. I used to be a chair of governors myself at Merchant Taylor Schools up in Crosby, uh, and I know that, that it's a bit of a minefield or a bit of a maze. Uh, and so what this course is for is to help bursars, um, anybody that's involved in running transport in their schools to navigate that maze of compliance to make sure they're operating under the correct scheme and then to show them how to do it compliantly. The guidance for this is, is quite difficult to get your head around and also keeps changing, does it not? There's been a recent change in the way in which it's been interpreted. So if I can just give you a really sort of high level summary in a couple of sentences, if the schools, if the ISBA members are registered charities, generally they can run their minibuses under Section 19 of the Transport Act. If, however, they're limited companies and they're in business to make a profit, then they have to have a PSV operator's licence. And there are two types of licence. And that's why it can be a little bit of a minefield and, and where they're to help schools find out which scheme they're under. So whilst there's not been a change in the law, there's been a change in the interpretation. Mm. And I suppose looking forward for a lot of schools with the changes that may or may not be coming in, the government can't really say for sure at the moment, schools may be changing from these charitable status to being bought up as part of profitable groups. So there's lots and lots of changes afoot. So this is something I really want to get clear. So looking at the course, what actually is it going to be? Yes. If I can, if you don't mind, if I can just talk about those changes that are afoot, clearly we're, oh, going to be having a gen- yeah, we're going to be having a general election soon. So there's going to be no change to the PSV legislation between now and then. I am aware that there's a lot of talk about VAT being charged on school fees. And fortunately, I don't have to talk about that today. But because schools are going to maybe looking at their own status that might mean that they have to change their transport arrangements. So my message to them is 
when they've decided what to do about their trading entity, that's the time to maybe give us a quick call and say, do I need to change my arrangements? And so just jumping back onto what the course is actually going to look like, what can you tell us? So it's going to be online because we know that people don't always have the time to travel and stay away. Um, It's convenient, but it can also be a little bit of a challenge being, you know, on a computer all day. So we deliver the course throughout the day. Um, We probably start about 10, finish about four, but we make sure we have lots of little breaks and we make it very interactive. So it's not just me. It's me that delivers the course. I don't just talk at the delegates. We engage with the delegates. We have a bit of fun along the way. We have a little bit of audience participation. It's not quite a Freddie Starr concert where you get a bucket of water thrown over you if you sit at the front, but we do like the the delegates to take part. So we try to make it as, as fun and interactive and interesting as we can in what can be a little bit of a dry subject, i.e. running minibuses. Yeah, absolutely. And is this aimed solely at bursars? No, it's aimed at those people in the schools who run the transport. It's not aimed at the drivers because the drivers, as we know, can be teachers. It can be ancillary staff. It can be all sorts of staff within within the school. It's aimed at those that are responsible for running those vehicles. Depending on the size of the school, that might be the bursar if it's a smaller school, but if it's a larger school, there might be an estates manager or a transport manager or a transport supervisor or the caretaker. It just depends. So it's anybody that's directly involved in running those minibuses. Okay, sure. We mentioned at the start there a little bit about the changes that, or the changes in interpretation rather, that are coming in. What would you say is this course really solving for bursas? I mean, what, what, or rather, where are the areas where people go wrong with this? Okay. It's about raising their awareness of how to comply with the regulatory regime. It doesn't matter whether they're running under Section 19 or under an operator's license. They've still got to comply with the terms of that regime. And understandably, they're there to educate the children. The running of the transport is ancillary to that, whether it's taking them to the hockey matches or whatever it is, or for a day out. So what the course does is it educates those that are running the the minibuses on what they must do. And what they must do is make sure that the minibuses and the drivers are safe. Both regimes exist to promote road safety, to make sure that, that the people that drive them know their obligations and aren't fatigued or tired, and to make sure that the vehicles that are being run are safe. And that's all it's about, road safety. Mm. So previously, do you find that schools sometimes get this wrong in that they misinterpret the legislation or do they just not have the appropriate procedures in place? I don't think they really misinterpret the legislation because, and I mean this, I say this with love, they probably just don't know that it exists. They probably just think that it's a disc, they put it in the windscreen and off they go and they think of it as a big car. Mm. And they don't always know the rules around that. Give you a really good example. We had a query, we do quite a lot of work with ISBA members. We had a query from a, a school the other week and they wanted to take a minibus abroad on a Section 19 permit. Um, and they didn't realise that they couldn't. So they sent me an email and said, how do we take the minibus abroad? And I said, don't. Yeah. Um, so it's worth the email. 
Um, so we're there just to to raise awareness of what they need to do. Okay, so it's, it's bringing everyone up to a, a, a level that shows full understanding and, and dare I say the word competence um, for, yes. for this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. absolutely. And are there any other courses like this that exist? Um, there, uh-huh. there were some courses that existed. Um, I think they have stopped. Um, what then happened, of course, was some virus came along. I can't remember what it was called, but I know we were all off for a little while and we all stayed at home. And we were going to start to deliver these courses just around that time. And obviously we didn't because, you know, the world stopped and, the you know, schools had really challenging times. And I know that members are still getting over those challenging times. Um, and so I think we're probably the only organisation that's delivering this bespoke minibus training for, I know certainly for ISBA members, and I don't think there are any that deliver elsewhere because it's a bit of a niche area. Yeah, I feel like bursars have the role of having to be involved in a lot of niche areas. And so yes. having the ability to have this delivered pinpoint is going to be really handy. Yes. And then looking ahead at how the course is going to be delivered, we've learned about that. When is this happening and how can bursars and, you know, transport staff get onto the course? So it's going to be happening on the 11th of March. Uh, so we can get winter out of the way and we can start to look forward to some some better weather. Um, it will take place, as I say, a, approximately between sort of 10 and 4 with registration around about 9.30 so people can do their emails before they log on to the course. Um, we will set up um, a link on our website. We have a website um, and we will set that link up and people can either click on the link to book the course or they can give us a call the old-fashioned way and speak to a person and we will be very happy to book them onto that course and then we'll send them an invoice. And I know you're going to ask me how much it is now. And you know what? I can't even remember how much it is. So I will check and uh, make sure, sure that I let you know. And is it something you're going to be running again or is it going to be a one-off? No, we want to run uh, two or three a year um, because there's an awful lot of schools to cover Um, It's an important area of compliance for them. And we don't want to put too many on the course because it's all about it being a positive experience for the delegates so that they can take part. They can tell us what their operation is, how many minibuses, what sort of area they're operating in and what their particular problems are uh, or what their particular areas are where they need to know a little bit more. So it feels as much as it can do as if it's in the classroom where we're talking to everybody in the classroom. And there'll be opportunity throughout the day to fire questions at you about all things school transport, I suppose. Yes, we do it very much on a discussion basis. So as we cover each subject, then we will um, ask everybody around the, the room if they've got any questions or they don't understand anything. And and there's no no room for somebody sitting quietly at the back thinking I'll just, you know, not take part. Or more importantly, I'm too shy to ask. Um, and then, so for example, one of the big areas for um, minibus operation is driver defect reporting. It's one of the school's first line of defence in making sure that they're running a safe vehicle. And when the regulator talks about drivers, they mean the person that's driving the vehicle. It could be a teacher who doesn't see themselves as a driver. Hmm. So it's about 
explaining how that driver defect reporting is done, how it's recorded, what to do when when they find a defect with a vehicle, what the implications are if they go on the public highway with that defect on the vehicle, not just for road safety, but for their own driver's license as well. Um, Another example would be we cover driver licensing, and that's a minefield. A lot depends, quite frankly, on the age of the driver. And grandfather now, rights and such. Yes, well, there you go. There's your knowledge, Leo. Um, if you're old like me, you can drive minibuses of a certain weight. If you're young like my daughter, you can't. Uh, then there's the whole question of whether you can drive them for hire or reward or to take you know, school children to, to hockey or away for the weekend for a geography field trip. Mm. And so some schools do employ third party contractors to facilitate their minibus sort of systems. What's the situation with them? So if they are contracting out, then the legal responsibility lies with the operator, the third party operator. However, the school still wants to know that they're using top notch, top quality operators and again, we can talk to, to delegates about that and, and give them the sort of guidance on questions they want, might want to ask mm. um, of their you know, contractor to make sure they're doing everything that they should be. If I, if I may, that leads on to another area, really, because at the moment, the DVSA, which is the enforcement body, is having a little look at schools. And I know that John Murphy and I have had many a a chat, or maybe I should use the phrase event, about um, how DVSA have been approaching this. Mm. And there is some legislation which they are suggesting does apply to schools. We're suggesting it doesn't. So we will cover that as well in the course. Uh, and that's all about whether you are charging fares for the travel that, that you know the children do. And I could wax lyrical for three hours. I'm not going to because we've only got a few moments. But again, we cover those sorts of areas. And just going back to your question about, you know, can everybody fire questions at me? Yes, I like to use a different phrase to say we have a discussion. Mm. And that's why I make sure that every delegate is given the chance to say, can I ask about this in my school? And of course, it's all entirely confidential. Sure. So, I mean, to go back to the original question, even if people do have third party facilitators for this, it's still a good idea for them to come on and to make sure they fully understand what they're kind of signing out. Absolutely. And remember, Leo, that a lot of schools will have a combination. So they Mm. will have a third party contractor to operate coaches to do home to school transport, bringing the children in in the morning, taking them home at night or maybe taking them away for a geography field trip for, for, for a long weekend. But they will still have two or three minibuses or maybe larger numbers, which they use every day. And it's that that the course will cover as well as, you know, the third-party contracting. Anything transport-related, really. Yeah, superb. And, I mean, we've kind of covered the course there, but just talking about the work that you do, what should schools come to you for? Any question that's transport related where they're not sure of the answer. That's a very good answer. (laughs) Thank you. There's a lot of ignorance out there, which is perfectly understandable because the main business is educating 
children. We know about, as I say, I was chair of governors. We know about safeguarding issues. We know about um, making sure that, that, that the syllabi that we deliver is fit for purpose. I'm not even going to talk about school inspections. It's a very difficult subject at the moment. And sometimes transport can sort of be the poor relation. And it's always better to whiz us an email or give us a call and say, can you just tell me this? I work with um, uh, a lady who is the PSV expert in the country. She used to work for the DBSA and the Department for Transport. And the moment she retired, I snaffled her up and said, Marion, come and work for me or with me. And, And she does. And often a phone call can resolve an awful lot of issues or prevent something going wrong in the first place, like the people that wanted to take the minibus abroad. Mm. Okay, that makes an awful lot of sense. Um, Superb. I feel like, is there anything else that you want to make clear about the course? I'm not here to sell it. I'm here to tell members that it's going on. Sure. Um, What I would say is, can you be sure that your transport arrangements are as they should be? If you can't, send somebody on the course for what's effectively six hours. If at the end of that course, you haven't learned something that's going to change your behaviour in terms of your transport, I would be extremely surprised. All delegates always take something away. And I think for 95% of the delegates, they would learn a huge amount, which they would then just put into practice. We send a pack out afterwards, which has a lot of reference material in for them so that they can use that, you know, as, as they go about their sort of daily transport. Because there are the two aspects, the driver and the vehicle. And the other thing I would just like to mention, if if we've got time, is a lot of members who ring us talk about minibus lights, as in not the you know the lights on the vehicles, but minibus light, which is something that's sold by manufacturers either for them to buy or to lease, on the basis that they think that means the legislation doesn't apply to me. In fact, the legislation applies equally. It's just a marketing ploy by some of the vehicle manufacturers and that's another reason why it's really beneficial for people to come on the course to find out you know how things apply to them yeah absolutely in these situations it's often easier to to go to the person who really knows the stuff rather than sort of force your way through it it's like going through syrup sometimes rather than simply having someone or to rely on what your mate told you down the pub yeah yeah which is is fine until it all goes wrong yeah Hmm. Yeah, that sounds about right. Beverly, I shan't keep you any longer. I'm conscious that it is, what are we, 15th of December now, nearly. It's not not too far from Christmas. I think we can safely say Merry Christmas to one another now. Um, but it's a busy time of year for us all, I'm sure. So I'll let you jump off. But thank you so much for coming on and talking about this course. It's really important bit of guidance, I think, that's going to come out of the ISBA um, and yourself. So we're really excited to put it on. And no doubt we'll have you on before long to discuss what will probably be some more changes once the government sorts itself out. So we'll look forward to that. Lovely. Well, thank you very much for inviting me, Leo. And I also wish you a happy Christmas and a happy new year. Thank you. See you soon. Thank you. And there we are, the end of that episode with Beverly Bell. Thank you very much to Beverly for joining us on the Bursacast to go into detail about all the things that this upcoming course will include. 
As she mentioned, if you'd like to sign up to the course, please get in touch on their website, beverlybell.co.uk, or get in contact with the ISBA office to book your place. This episode also marks the last ISBA BursaCast before Christmas, so hopefully you can hold it together without us till then. But in the meantime, we'd like to wish you and your loved ones a very Merry Christmas and hope you get a bit of a rest over this festive period. Although it never seems to quite go that way. Anyway, if you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe wherever you're listening, share it with members of your team if you think they'll find it useful, and until next time, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.